Hello, welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier. And in this episode, I sit down with Zon Ziegelstein, a top producing real estate agent located in Richmond Hill, Ontario, Canada. Now, Sean is part of the National Chairman's Club with Royal LePage, which represents the top 1% of all Royal LePage agents Canada-wide. Now, he has been part of the Chairman's Council for an outstanding eight consecutive years, which is very difficult to do. So stay tuned to this amazing interview. I know you're going to love it. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy. Well, hello everyone. Rich Forney here from the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, and today I'm super excited to have with us Sean Ziggelstein from Team Zold in Richmond Hill, Royal LePage, your community real estate. Very excited to have him. Thank you for being on the show today, Sean. Thanks a lot, Rich, for having me. Appreciate it. As you know, this podcast is all about creating a peak result in someone's life, business, and health. Today, we're talking about real estate. You've created a peak result in your business. Um, top 1% for eight consecutive years with Royal LePage, Chairman's Council, very rare air to attain that level for eight consecutive years. So congratulations. Thank you. And you even did that in 2017 when the market slowed down a bit. We did. Yes, indeed. And looking to do it again this year. Listen, I really appreciate you being on. Time is valuable. Once you give it, you can get it. And as we delve deep or try to delve deep into people's lives to try to understand what's creating a peak result. Cause in real estate, there's so many of us, there's 55,000 members on the Toronto real estate board, not including all the ancillary boards surrounding the Toronto real estate board, probably within a two mile. So two hour radius around you, there's probably 75,000 agents competing for business. What makes you special, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's, that's the ultimate question to start out with. Wow. Well, again, thanks, Rich, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And, and I, I don't think that, you know, I don't know if special is the word. I, I think that uh, at the end of the day, what we always try to do with our team and what I've done building our business is really just maintain our clients' trust and make sure that they're always uh, looking, you know, to us for any expertise that they may need. So whether it's real estate, whether it's just they, they need something. And, and our clients have always been that type that will say, hey, Sean, um, I need a good restaurant to go to in this area. Or, hey, Sean, we need somebody to finish our basement. Or we need somebody to fix our roof. Or can you recommend the window guy? Whatever it might be. So they're asking us absolutely everything. I remember once I was on a, a, a showing with a client. And I get a phone call. I go, guys, let me just grab this quickly. And they said, yeah, no problem problem. Um, and I start giving a recipe for a roast brisket that I make. And they go, oh, was that your wife? And I go, no, 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 my wife doesn't cook. That was one of my clients asking me for a brisket recipe. So it, it's just one of those things that, that people know that they can always trust us and get us. Um, and we make sure that at the end of the day, we're going to go that extra mile to make sure that they're looked after no matter what and just wow them with the best service in the industry. You know, well, that's amazing. I mean, We'll have to talk about that brisket recipe, but you know, when there's thousands of other agents around you willing to cut commission, cut corners, do whatever the client wants, like why would they, you know, 
how do you differentiate yourself or how have you differentiate yourself from day one? I mean, there's so much competition. Like, it, yeah, a, and, and there is a ton of it. And, and really the way that I see it at the end of the day is um, without this phone, um, I wouldn't be as good as I am. So the phone is always on. Uh, I, I am the type of person that will reply back instantly. Um, and anyone knows that, whether it's a fellow realtor, whether it's my team members, and whether it's our clients. Um, you know, the biggest thing has been in, in my career is to be there and to be active and to be working. And um, am I a workaholic? Definitely a workaholic. Uh, do I love taking my breaks and my vacations and going golfing and such like that? I love it. It's absolutely, the, you know, that's what I do this all for, spending time with my family. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, that phone is always on and people know that they get a response back from me almost instantly. And I think that's what separates me from a lot of other realtors out there is, you know, when, when I started in the business, people would call me up and they would say, oh, I'm surprised you called me so quickly. And I'm like, why? And I said, well, we've called 10 other agents and nobody has called us back. So sometimes you get business just from being there. And just from answering the phone, and I find that absolutely amazing in this industry of service uh, that we can't provide the best service possible out there. How are they going to be successful? So you've seen lots of change in this industry, 16 years in this game. And um, when you started off, did you have a big database of people to to access in this game like uh, i didn't i um I, I actually went out so i was in the restaurant business previously and before that i was a butcher uh worked in a butcher shop from the age of uh, of 10 on uh and then got into the restaurant uh, business so really i didn't have a huge database to start with so i started door knocking and i remember uh, I got my license February 10th, 2004. Uh, I remember that day it was my, one of my son's birthdays. And uh, that day I went out and I started door knocking. And uh, I was invited into three different homes that day and still get referrals to this day uh, from those three clients that I was invited into. So I didn't know anything about real estate, knew absolutely nothing. So I didn't have a big database and a lot of contacts to say, okay, yeah, this is all going to start to come in. It was really just hard work and, and perseverance and doing all of the things that I thought would make sense as a realtor, uh, giving information to people and trying to make sure that they were being looked after. Makes a lot of sense. Now, when you... <clears throat> So did you, have you continued on that door knocking strategy for most of your career? We, we do door knock occasionally now, of course, with COVID. I, I don't think anybody wants to answer their door. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've gotten away from that for right now. But uh, for me, really what it has become more than door knocking is just keeping in touch with our clients. And uh, our, our team members door knock all the time. Um, I will uh, door knock occasionally, mostly for training sessions to make sure that my agents understand how to uh, do the door knocking uh, the right way uh, rather than just to uh, go through the motions. But what I'm a big believer in is really just, just keeping in touch with people, touching them on a constant basis, making sure that they're aware of what we're doing and how we're doing it um, and that we're there for them. It's not, uh, for us, it's not a big um, advertising machine. Uh, we don't have buses. We don't have benches. We don't uh, do a lot of newspaper ads. We don't do TV, radio ads other than, you know, when I'm on the news, uh, which is always fun. But other than that, really, there's not a lot of other spend other than making sure that our clients are looked after with parties and, and just touches consistently. So <clears throat> top 1% and you're not doing any major advertising. 
this is a this is an interesting thought, but some of the people that I communicate with are spending a lot. I mean, some of the advice I've been given is spend 50% of my revenue on ads, and I um, I don't. Um, I'm an internet guy, but um, and you don't do any advertising. We, uh, I, I've amazed a lot of realtors when I started going to these chairman's club conferences, uh, eight years ago, I remember I sat down with one of the agents and, uh, and he's got a massive database, you know, you know, tens of thousands of people. And he goes, okay, Sean, so, you know, what's your database? And I said, I don't know, the 240. And he said, what? 240. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, how are you getting all your business? And I said, it's all coming from this database. And uh, we're at ninety-two percent of our business is coming through our database. So it's an astronomical number, just from working that machine the way that we like to work it. And we're not in trying trying to reinvent the wheel here. Like if for us, I tried geographic farming, I tried advertising, um, I, I again spent a lot of money doing it. And as soon as I stopped, that's when we hit our chairman's club for the first year. So it was absolutely hilarious that I stopped doing all of this advertising and stopped doing all of this um, spending. And suddenly then we hit the chairman's club number. Is it fair to say then you're develop deeper relationships with a smaller group of people and their real relationships? They're, they're solid. 100%. 100%. I always say that if a client doesn't know me by name, as soon as I call them and say, hey, it's Sean, they shouldn't be on my database. Or if a client calls me and says, hi, it's Bob, and I'm going, Bob who? Uh, they shouldn't be on my database. Like our database is pretty tight and we're constantly going through it to make sure that the people that are on that data database are, are close. We should know their kids' names. We should know their dogs' names, their cats' names. You know, we should know what's going on with their job. We should be making sure that everything is okay if they're a frontline worker right now and making those calls to them. So yes, for us, it's really important to make sure that we become friends with a lot of our clients and uh, you know, to go over and have a drink and such like that is, is something that is very normal. Thank you for being so open and transparent about your business. I appreciate that. Um, My pleasure. I do. I, and I, and I think a lot of people find a lot of value. I think they may be in awe that, you know, with a team of seven, right. That your database is, is that at that level. Um, it now does, so that's your personal database. I'm trying to grab yeah, my, my head around it. Cause you actually, you know, like you said, I talked to people that got thousands of people in their database. So, so for the entire team, we're running at about 600 people for the entire team's database. Wow. And uh, it was funny during our, our zoom call last week, we do a month, a uh, weekly team meeting, of course. And then we do um, weekly accountability meetings with our team members as well. Uh, but what one of the things was last week that we talked about was, okay, guys, let's look at that, those numbers, look at your database list and see who we're sending monthly newsletters out. For example, let's see exactly who should and shouldn't be on that database any longer. So some people, they may not need to be on there anymore. And other people, we may just be hoping that they should be on there. Right. So, um, and then you've got the definites that yes, these people always need to get them. So you just mentioned something. There's people on our list that we're hoping should be on our list. Yes. How do you, do, how do you, how do you measure that? Well, I think we measure that really by, by, how tight that relationship is and how much we've built that relationship. And, and I'm not a big believer that if you keep 
you know, inundating people with information that they're automatically going to work with you. I, I think that if people already have someone uh, that they've used in the past, a family member is a realtor, whatever it may be, they're not necessarily a bad lead, but why would I spend and why would the team spend a lot of extra time and money trying to nurture those leads with a very, very slight chance that something may happen down the road. Um, it's not, for me, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality of the lead. Um, and more, instead of calling it a lead, like it's it's a database member. Like these are people that are clients of ours. So, you right. know, you, sh you shouldn't be on that list if we don't know everything about you. I love the attitude because then you've developed a community. <laughs> yeah. With yeah. your life and, <clears throat> People know, like, and trust you on a daily basis. And it's not, you're just not the transaction guy. No, definitely not. Um, it, it, it's really funny. You know, I, I think we've all done like the color tests and such like that. And people always say, oh, you've got to be this. And I'm like, nope, I'm so not that. And, uh, y you know, I am the type of person that likes calling a client on their birthday and saying, hey, happy birthday, rather than a Facebook message or send them a text message. I'll give them a call, you know, sometimes because I'm up so early in the mornings, I'll send them a text and they're like, wow, you're the first one to wish me happy birthday. My spouse hasn't even wished me a happy birthday yet. So, yeah, you know, and then of course this, I'll call this text the spouse and say, don't forget it's your wife's birthday today. So it, it's just, you know, somewhat amusing sometimes. That's wonderful. I think it's great actually. Like, so I'm assuming you must have a very a robust CRM system. I know we're getting granular and we don't usually get too granular, but you got, you have me very intrigued. Um, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, we, um, so birthdays, I, I, I use Outlook, you know, I put all my birthdays into a spreadsheet on Excel and then run them all over to Outlook. Um, my assistant basically sends me an invite as soon as we have that client, have that information for the birthday, then I put it into Outlook. So that my team members, they put it right into their Outlook and they've got it there ready for them to you know, go off as an alarm first thing in the morning and they're all set. Um, and our spreadsheet, because we actually send birthday cards to all of our clients as well and have for as soon as I started in this business. So before any you know, business coach or anything like that said, oh, you should send out birthday cards, I was sending out birthday cards. And I would sit there and handwrite my birthday cards every single month and I still do it to this day. And it's just one of those things. If I have to write 40 cards a month, I write 40 cards a month or 30 cards a month. It's 30 cards a month for us. It doesn't matter. Got it. Yeah. That's really interesting. Now the, the tenure of your team, do they, um, have they been with you a long time? Uh, so one member of my team has been with me 14 years. Uh, he has been, uh, he's been great. He's just, you know, at the, at the time that he got his license, he said, I just need somebody to manage everything for me and I can just go and sell. So he came on board 14 years ago. Uh, the other team members uh, have been between six and three years. And then one is a newer agent who's just started in the business about, uh, about six months ago. Six months ago. You yes. know, if you were to jump in today, Sean, um, into this game, um, would you go solo again or would you jump on a team? Well, I think the advantage of joining a team definitely is the experience that you can get and, and the training that you can get. Uh, I think it really depends on the team and it depends on, you know, how well structured they are, number one, and if it works for that person. I, I think team members, um, 
they will come and go throughout the years. I'm thrilled with my team now that, you know, we have had a really good team that has stayed together for quite some time, which is, which is great. We know that everybody is there to help each other out. And I think that's a really important thing. And I grew up playing sports and I was always part of a team. And I think when you're a, a single agent starting out, it can get very, very lonely, this business, because you don't have that person, unless you've got a great manager or a mentor that you can, you know, bounce things off of on a regular basis, you're really waking up every morning going, okay, what do I do now? And and you really don't have that structure. So I think the ability to join a team that has that structure and that training um, is a great sign for a new agent coming in to learn because I think otherwise they can get lost. You can get lost. I, I th- and I think to be a team leader, you really have to know how to lead yourself on a daily basis. Be very disciplined, I believe. And yeah. if you're not disciplined, it's very difficult to be a shining example for somebody else. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that was a, that's a, that's a, that's something I've had to learn, you know, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. And, and I don't think, I, I don't think it's a natural habit to have. I, I think that if you learn and you teach yourself certain things, you're going to want it done one way. It's not always going to work that way. I've got two kids I know that it doesn't always happen that way. I've raised them both exactly the same. They're complete opposites. One likes doing it one way, one likes doing it another way. So I, I think that it really has that give and take of what people can can grab and, and gravitate to um, from, a, from a team leader and from the rest of the team. I think that's really important, not just the team leader. Um, if you were to start today, uh, your team again, would you get an admin first or would you just bring on other people to help you with your database? Uh, Definitely admin. Uh, You know, when I first started, uh, my administrator was part-time admin and then part-time sales because, of course, I didn't need someone full-time admin and I couldn't pay somebody full-time admin um, just because I didn't have the work for them to do. So she did uh, half-time sales, half-time admin. She was with me for about about probably four years. Um, She is now a manager at one of our other offices. Uh, great lady. Her and I stay in contact all the time, talk all the time. Uh, was a, was a great addition for me to sit there and say, okay, what do we need and how do we need to do it? Um, of course, now we've gotten a lot more systematic than we were 16 years ago when I started because at that point I was just grabbing a straw going, okay, what am I going to do and how am I going to do it? Where now, you know, it's a very systematic approach. Um, last real last question on the granular aspect of the business when you get up in the morning you're up early you know does everyone does you and everyone else really have a daily method of operation that you try to follow in spite of home inspections in spite of all the other nuances of the business but is there like we do this at this time this at this time how does that work Uh, i'm a i'm a very very organized person it drives a lot of people crazy on how organized I am. I'm up in the morning, uh, typically by uh, 5.30, 6 o'clock, I will get a workout in, then I will shower change, get to the office. I'm usually first one in the office. Um, I'm here this morning. Um, there's nobody else in the building at this point, and typically um, there isn't. So uh, I love being the first one in. It gives me time to get work done and get things organized. Uh, Monday morning, Monday or 
our team meetings. So we will have our Zoom meetings. So typically I will prep for that over the weekend or even on Friday beforehand, depending on what my weekend's going to look like. Uh, but I am very, very structured. I eat the same things almost every day. My lunch is identical. I'm very, very disciplined and very, very structured. So my daily routine, um, and even when it comes to work, again, is, you know, clear my inbox out, make sure everything is done, and then attack what has to get done throughout the day so I don't have a buildup of missed calls or missed emails or anything like that. Everything is very systematic to say, okay, what do I need to do today? And then prep for it for the entire week is a typical Monday for me. And then is there a set time for the team to prospect daily? Um, there is and there isn't. Um, I'm not one at this point to say, okay, you're prospecting from eight to 10 every morning. And we know that the, you know, specific times of day are, are very, um, uh, set out when it comes to prospecting of, of what works best. Um, we are going to, to move to a little bit of that approach moving forward. Probably um, August 1st is our, our goal date for that is to actually have a, a set time that will be, you know, a prospecting couple of hours that people, you know, will be at the office, at their phone, making phone calls, have a little bell, you ring it when you get an appointment, whatever it might be, just to help motivate everybody and keep everybody together uh, in order to do that. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. It's, it's good advice. I think that most people just come and wander into the office and saying, you know, what do I do next? You know, totally. what, like, what should I do? Oh, YouTube. Yes. Oh, let's, oh, let's listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. A new guy on. Uh, All the time. Yeah. And I think that's, I think it's really good advice. And it, it shows me and it shows our listeners, you know, that to have, and you don't seem like a stressed guy. You're very focused. And so can you say like, you seem very relaxed and, and I, and, I, and I say that as a compliment because I, whoever's listening can't see you. And if they're watching, they'll watch the YouTube video, it's, they'll get a better sense of you. Um, can you say you're, because this business can be very stressful um, and it is lonely for most people. Um, would you say your, your organization keeps the stress levels down? Yeah, I, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I never, I, I don't get stressed. Uh, people laugh, my, my, drives my wife bananas. Um, and, and she's like, how do you not get stressed about this? And my wife's a high school vice principal. So she's got a lot of stuff coming at her all the time. Uh, but even my team members, you, you know, yes. Am I excited about things? Definitely. When we get a new listing, am I thrilled? Yes. But okay, what's next now? So let's keep going. So uh, I try to, like this business is up and down. There's so many ups and downs with it. So what I've tried to really do is create that structure and organization on my own end that everything is like this. Got and it. I am very, very calm. I don't have those massive ups or those massive downs. Uh, I, I can't even remember the last time that I got totally stressed out about something um, or, or, you know, really don't care. No, it's, it's always the same. I, I care and I make sure that everything is done properly and that way I don't feel stressed in the least. Was that learned um, from you or did you, were you, were you that way in the beginning? I'm assuming, I don't know if your wife was working at the time, but revenue in the beginning can, you know, you don't eat for, Six months. Yeah, you, you, you don't. And I remember when I when I first started in the business, I, I quit my job and uh, jumped in with both feet and my wife was working. And, you know, we had a, a dog, we had two kids, we had a new house with a large mortgage on it. 
Um, and I sat there and went, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And, and I said to one of my managers, I went into her office and, and she was a great lady. Uh, she's now an agent, um, just, you know, once in a while does a deal. Um, but she's retired from the managing side of things. And she said, John, don't worry, everything that you're doing is going to work. And, and I said, okay, but I'm like, I don't have any money here. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I took a commission advance on my first deal, uh, which took me three months to, to sell my first house getting into the business. So was that a little bit stressful? It was, but my attitude never changes. Okay. All if, right. that's, if that's your, your, what you're looking yeah. for. It's, you, you, yeah. You know, I see the highs and lows. We've had our highs and lows. We came to a market. We didn't know anyone. Zero. Yeah. Zero circle of influence. Yeah. Three kids. Dog. How, you know what I mean? And no circle of influence. Zero database. Yeah. That was, you know, I had to be very focused up here in my mind. Like I had to have a very clear mindset. And I also had to have faith that the activity would produce a result. Right. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't do the activity because they're scared it's not going to produce a result. Right. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people have, um, I call it shiny object syndrome. So that they see something new and they go, oh, we got to try this. And oh, we got to try this. And oh, we got to try that. I, I think the more you can focus on the things that you're good at, the less stress you're going to be because you know that it is going to have those results for you. But at the end of the day, um, you've got to do what's right for you and make sure that that's your business and that's your model. But I don't think that just because something comes out and it's new and it's shiny and it's going to reinvent the world, I don't see it happening. I think that you stick with what works and don't get me wrong. I think technology is super important. We use it on a regular basis. We've changed our business in order to use it. Um, but I'm also not the not of the belief that it's the only way to get new business. I think you've got to still meet people and talk to people. They want to do business with people that they that they like. And I think that's really important. I agree with you. So eight years at the top of the game yep. keeps you driven every single day emotionally. To keep going. Yeah. Is there something that pulls you? Do you like, is there a reason why you're still running and gunning? Um, I'm still young. You know, I've got, I've got a lot of, I got a lot of years left in this business and uh, I'm, I'm a very competitive nature. Um, I've got a very competitive nature by heart. I've always, always have, like I said, I played sports as a kid and I was always ultra competitive. Um, I coached my son's rep baseball team for eight years. Um, and I'm, I'm a competitive person. And, you know, even when these kids were seven and eight years old, I'm like, no, you're doing this wrong. Let's go, guys. What are you doing here? We want to win this game. So I, I'm, I'm just competitive. And, I, and I'm more competitive with myself than I am with other people, if that makes sense. It does, because in some of the notes in our, in our correspondence, you mentioned, I think it was 2017. Did you make a lifestyle shift? I did. Yeah, I did. I, I was at a chairman's club conference and I uh, got a picture when I got back, it was in Cabo and uh, there was a picture when I got back and I, and I looked at the picture and I went, Oh my God, what happened to me? Mm -hmm. And I had already signed up for Royal LePage does a, um, does a charity hike every year. So I had signed up already for a hike across Iceland, hundred kilometer hike for charity. And I looked at this picture of myself and went, Oh my God, that guy can't walk across Iceland. There's no way he can walk across Iceland. So I, um, on, on March 1st, 2017, I said, that's it. I'm going to get healthy. 
Uh, and I had always worked out. I just, my eating habits sucked. And I would go across the road from my office and grab Harvey's hamburgers for lunch and, you know, McDonald's all the time and pizza and stuff like that and garbage. So I, I made a, an effort to say, that's it. I'm done with this. And, uh, and I, I started working out, um, watching what I was eating and have stuck to that to this day. And, you know, I was down, uh, you know, I'm, I was down about 45 pounds from my peak, which was just, you know, unbelievable for me. I was thrilled about that and, and, have, you know, kept, kept it off and gotten stronger. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. Is that really contributing to your continued success? Do you find you have a clearer mind? Totally. Totally. If I didn't work out, um, I, I think I would go a little bit stir crazy. I know if I don't have like a, a workout for a day and a half or two days, I'm like, okay, I got to go work out. That's great. And even at, at the beginning of COVID, I was working out a couple times a day just because, you know, nobody wanted to talk real estate. So I'd work at six o'clock in the morning and then six o'clock at night, I would just do two workouts. That's great. That's great. I th some of us will figure out ways to deal with our stress and to motivate or some, some will have a glass of wine and some are going to the gym. I think you made a better choice. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a glass of wine though too. Well, then the bottle kicks in later, but exactly yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you look at our industry or any industry, but let's look at real estate. I think real estate's a, a very unique industry. Um, you know, you, it's very difficult to sell a business. You know, I've seen examples of it, but the churn rate, meaning the people that come in and come out and drop out of the business is extraordinarily high, you know, running close to 90% over five years. Um, what are the top three things that you can think that have enabled you to be in that rarefied air in terms of the top 1% of Royal LePage yeah, I, I think that, that that's, you know, really a, a great question. I, I think, number one, the way that I always look at it is is consistency for me is, is huge. Um, my schedule, my organization, uh, and then my drive. I, I think really those are, the, those are really the three things. I'm always the type of person that wants to learn more, that wants to get better, that wants to do the absolute best for our clients. And, and I think without having those three things in place – you're never going to get it. I'm a, I'm a very loyal person as well. And uh, other agents know that. And, and my team knows that, that when it comes to loyalty, you know, I'm a believer that the people I'm going to refer business to, I'm going to be loyal to them. They're going to hopefully be loyal in return. Uh, my clients, I'm going to be loyal to them, make sure that they're really, really looked after. Um, and hopefully they're going to be loyal in return. And, uh, and, I, and I think that that consistency and that scheduling and knowing that I've created almost like a job for myself. You know, yes, it's a career, it's a business, but to have the structure that I do in place, it feels like it's a job. Like for me, I wake up in the morning, I have the same routine all the time. And in real estate, like you said, most people will walk in and go, um, okay, what am I going to do today? They have no idea. And, you know, it's easy to get lost in chores or in, you know, Facebook or Instagram or wherever they're going to start looking. So it's very easy to get lost in those things. And I just don't allow myself to get to that point. Yeah, we talk about some of the work we do, we talk about non-productive activities versus productive activities. What is actually getting you closer to a relationship every single day? But there is something different about you or, or something different about people who are in this business who are producing and serving lots of people. 
And there seems to be a gap between knowing something and doing something. The execution of an idea, an ex- execution of picking up the phone or going to knock on the door. Like there's such hesitancy in our business to go do the things that are necessary to create a result. And I'm trying to understand what is that magic? What takes someone from saying, oh my God, I'm going to sit in my office all day and look at the phone or look at my computer versus the person executing on it? Like what... What filled that gap for you? Was it fear? Was it drive? Like, but drive. I have tons of drive, but I may not pick up the phone a hundred times today. And I'm not. And I'm not one to sit there and cold call. I've I've always hated cold calling. I'll be honest with you. Never liked it. Right. Never like. I would rather door knock than cold call any day. And I was good at cold calling. And it was really funny. We had a lead come in probably eight months ago, and. One of my agents like, oh, no, these leads, they're awful, they're awful, they're awful, they're awful. I'm like, come on, how awful can they be? And I picked up the phone. She was sitting in the office, and I pick up the phone, and I dial the number, and I get the person on the phone. Oh, yeah, I'm moving from Minnesota, and I need to you know, purchase a house, and we're getting relocated. I said, oh, that's fantastic. No problem. Got them like that. They ended up buying a house with us. And, and my agent's sitting there just shaking her head. She goes, all right, that was just luck. I'm like, no, no, no. It's, it's still knowing what you're doing but just going through the process to make sure that you're doing it the right way. And and I think, yes, having the drive is important. Having the knowledge is important. And I think you have to use common sense at the end of the day. Um, I was always one that was not a great student in school. I I actually did not like school at all. I got by really by the seat of my pants. Like I I was not a great student, got to university, uh, was working 80 hours a week and going to university full time. Uh, so I had two full-time jobs and went to class full-time. So really, I didn't sleep much um, at all, actually. But at that point, that was what I needed to do to survive. And I think it's a survival instinct is that drive that I've always had is you've got to be able to to live. You've got to be able to survive. You've got to be able to provide. Um, I really want to make sure my family is looked after. And that's a huge drive for me to make sure that my kids don't have to suffer like I suffered growing up and, you know, have to work 80 hours a week while going to university. Right? I think that's, you know, one of the one of the perks right now that, that my older son doesn't have to worry about it. He goes to university and, yeah, he was working this summer. He was out this morning when I left the house and he was getting ready for work. So he, he leaves the house at 630 in the morning. So, you know, he's ready to go. And I, and I love the fact that they're learning that same work ethic because they see what I'm doing. When you look out at our industry today, do you see um, technology um, replacing us? Absolutely not. I, I think it helps us. Yeah. It definitely helps us. But I think at the end of the day, people want to have somebody there. They want to talk to somebody. They don't want to virtually see a house and buy a million-dollar property on the computer. They actually want to go and see and look and touch and feel not that we're touching and feeling right now. We're, you know, using our gloves and I'm opening the doors and stuff like that. But, you know, we're making sure that, that they're looked after. But at the end of the day, we want to get them out there to see properties and get those relationships built. You know, um, will home buying become even a little bit more, you know, technologically savvy down the road. Yeah, it may, you know, DocuSign, stuff like that. You don't have to sit there and go through every single autograph with a, um, with a client anymore. Now it's more, you know, tap here, tap here, tap here. It's a very different experience, but as long as you're providing that um, expertise, I think they really need us there. 
Got it. How do you, I, I agree with you. I, I'm out with clients all the time and you know, there's no way we can replace going inside a home and looking at it. Yeah. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Because our photographs lie. <laughs> they do. And, and, and even virtual tours do as well. Yeah, I agree. You've got to touch, taste and feel everything, especially yeah. when the money. When you look at your team today, how do you keep them motivated? I, I know I'm looking at the how. Like there's a, there's a how to get inside someone's heart, to get them to do the things that they don't want to do to produce. Like what do you do as a team leader to get them in their, that mindset in the right space? We always say to them, you have to be um, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. That's one of the things that we always say to the team is uh, you have to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. For me, again, it's, it's building that relationship with the team member and, and it's really trying to figure out their why. Yeah. So I think once we have their why, and, and it sounds like it's a perfect world, right? It's not a perfect world. Every team member will have their own issues. Every team member has to be treated a little bit differently. Um, as much as I'd love to put a blanket over all of them, treat them all exactly the same, it doesn't work that way because they're all individuals. And, and I think that once we know their why, and what once we know their circumstances, and once I know that you know a parent is sick, and I'm there for them to make sure that they know that, that we care and whatever that they need is being taken care of. And if uh, a child, uh, you know, can't go to school because, you know, they've got the chicken pox or whatever it might be, then stay home with your child and take care of them. These are important things. We've got you covered here. And, and I think that's really important is for them to know that, that I respect them and I want to make sure that they know that. Um, I think that's the biggest way to get you know, I guess, get into their mind to say, guys, we're here for you. And, and can I help motivate them? Absolutely. Um, but can I motivate them as well as I can motivate myself? Absolutely not. Absolutely right. possible. So I think they have to be able to motivate themselves and they all have different drives. And I've got one agent right now that has said to me, Sean, I want you to kick my ass. That's what she said to me. I need you to kick my ass. And I said, okay, I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to kick your butt. And that's what I said to her, but she needs that where other ones don't need that. Other ones need you to, you know, coddle them a little bit or, or talk them through different things. But when some of them need tough love and, and they want tough love. That's right. Do you have someone in your corner that you work with um, to just to talk about your business and, you know, a, a, a business coach or someone to work with in your organization? Do you work with someone today? So I've got, I, I don't have a business coach that I use. Um, I have had coaches in the past and talked to different coaches. Um, I, I'm very, very lucky. So I've, I've got, um, number one, my broker is, is a, an amazing woman, um, Vivian Reese. She's the, you know, the largest royal age uh, across the country. Uh, she's, she's a great woman. And from day one that I started in this business, I interviewed with her. And I, and I remember I went home and I had interviews set up with all these other different real estate companies. And uh, I interviewed with, with Vivian and I said to her, okay, Vivian, you know, I want to make $50,000 a year because I'm going to be really happy at $50,000 a year because that's what I was making in the restaurant business. And she looked at me, she goes, 50000 I said, yeah, 50000 She goes, John, you're going to make much more than 50000 And I remember at our awards that first year, she pulls me aside when she calls me up on stage. I was named Rookie of the Year. And she says, um, 50000 eh? 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about the 50,000. And still to this day, she still says it. So it's pretty funny. So she is one person that I will talk to almost every morning. Um, she's in the office every day. Um, I will go by her office and, uh, and chat, even if it's for two minutes. Just say, hey, how's it going? Here's something that we're working on. What do you think? So I will throw ideas to her. Um, the, no, no, another great advantage of being with Royal LePage, being part of the Chairman's Club, is I've got you know, 180 you know, members of the Chairman's Club that I can pick anybody's brain at any time, and they're all willing to help. And I think that's a, a huge thing that I have is, number one, a great broker. Number two, just a great group of people that we can socialize. Um, we can talk business and it always ends up talking. We always end up talking business. And if a couple of us got together a couple weeks ago and uh, we sat six feet apart from each other, don't worry. And uh, we talked business. And it's amazing that the phone calls that I can make or a text message that I can send and get such an immediate response from a fellow, you know, high performing agent. It, it's, it's something that is invaluable. Like I couldn't get that anywhere else. Yeah, I don't see that anywhere else, actually. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. And like I said, just to sit there and, and have the ability to call somebody and say, hey, what did you do with this? Or, you know, what's your team plan? And what's your commission structure? And what are you doing for this? And do you have a listing presentation I can take a look at? Everybody is willing to share everything. Yeah, sure, I'll email it over to you right away. No problem. And right away, you get it. And it's it, it's so nice to have that camaraderie within the brand that everybody's always willing to help each other out. Yeah, it creates a lot of loyalty. It does. That's a big fence around that group. Yes, there is. There I, is. Just hit me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can, I can understand that now. If you were to start today, would you, um, would you generate leads online? Would I generate leads online? Like, um, if, like today. You don't know anyone. Yeah. Just starting today, brand new in the world of COVID. What are you going to do? It's an expensive uh, experiment to, to pull leads online. Um, a lot of people will do it all themselves. And if they're doing it all themselves, then how much time are they actually spending talking to people instead of just programming things online? Right. So, you know, the, the question becomes, are you are you working on the marketing side of things and just trying to generate those leads or are you able to actually service those leads? And we also know that Internet leads are one to 2% conversion rate at the absolute maximum. You know, some people say they get, you know, five, six, 7%. I, I think those numbers have got to be crazy um, because I don't think anybody really is getting that. Uh, but I think if you're getting one to 2%, how valuable is that time? Um, you know, we do some internet leads now. We have started doing some internet leads for the team, not for me. I don't want to touch those things. I, I leave those for the team. Um, but it really, you know, our core business and what I believe in to my heart is, is that you've got to build those relationships. And uh, a lot of internet leads are not there to build long-term relationships, I'm not saying that you can't, because I think some of them, they need that and you will build that long-term relationship with them. Uh, but others, um, you know, if they're, if they're there just as a transaction, it's not the same as what we like to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. Um, when we started here, we didn't know anyone. So we went right at the internet. And you know what's really interesting, though? I'll share with you that. Um, so we're, we're entering into the, we're the fourth year. And those, those relationships can be done digitally. And we have been able to 
go and have drinks with these people and, and develop those relationships over these four years. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised to tell you that it can work. Yeah, and I think it can work. Um, it, it's just a numbers game, right? And, and how many of them do you have to keep calling and how expensive does it get to, to get that one client that you're going to, like you said, sit and have a drink with and such like that. And we have done that. Like I said, we've done it as well. You know, we've brought them into the system that we typically do. And that's a, that's a great goal for us is bring them in and show them what we do and invite them to our movie day and invite, invite them to the pumpkin patch and do all of those different things with them. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. Right. right? But so for us, it's not, like I said, we try to get them into our regular system, right. but the generation of them is just a little bit different. I, I see that for sure. Yeah. When you look out the rest of the year, um, lots of things happening in the world of real estate in Ontario. Um, because Ontario is the world, let's, let's face it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, to the rest of our listeners, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's a serious question. We look out um, as an agent producing in this new environment of COVID, new mortgage regulations coming um, do you double down on your efforts? Like, how does that, that change what you do in a daily? Uh, day? our, our, our efforts stay the same. Uh, again, it, it's that consistency. It, it's, we don't believe that it, we suddenly have to go like this. No, it, just keep your, keep your typical day going. Keep, keep doing the things that you do and everything will happen. Yes, we're going to reach out to clients that are first-time home buyers that are going to be putting less than 20% down to say, hey guys, just to let you know, this is what's going to be happening. Borrowing power might change with the GDS and TDS changes and stuff like that. We know that. And we will advise our clients to say, here you go. Will that bring a few of them off the fence? It might. It might bring them off the fence. But at the end of the day, we're not going to really change anything that we're already doing because I've had the team really working the entire time. Uh, so even when offices shut down, um, my office, I've got a door to my office. I was the only one in the building for about two and a half, three weeks. It was a little bit eerie that I would just come in with gloves on and I would, you know, Lysol wipe down my door and my office was all sanitized and clean. And it was just me here. My assistant's work was working from home. She took her computer home and said, I'll see you in a, whenever. And, you know, two and a half months later, she's now back. But, you know, we, we kept going. And the team kept going. So yeah, you're not going to door knock. You're not sending pop buys. You're not doing things like that, you know. But you're you're actually you know talking to clients and reaching out to them and doing special Zoom calls with them and um, you know giving them you know the assurance that the world is not going to end. So we've been working the entire time, and I don't think we're going to change that moving forward. Even if expectations are the markets will change a little bit. It sounds like a hallmark to your success. A foundational piece is the level of consistency that you bring daily. Um, you're not an up and down, let's, let's run really hard for two months and take two weeks off. You're very consistent. And it does seem to be very consistent among all the top producers. They're consistently in the office doing their thing every single day. Yes, they take their time off, but they're very regimented. Yeah, I, I think speaking to a lot of them, very few of them, if they're the type that are the fly by the seat of their pants people, then they have that support in the office that will actually give them, you know, that stability. So whether that's a team manager, whether that's a, an admin, whether that's a, another agent, that that's the, the cornerstone there to make sure that they're staying stable as a team, 
um, that's great. Some people are just really great big picture ideas. Okay, I'm going to give you the idea, run with it and get it done. And that's all I care about. Um, I love selling real estate. And it, and people joke around me, go, Sean, you, you got to stop selling so much and you got to step back a little and just manage the team and such. I'm like, oh, guys, I like selling. I still like help, helping first-time home buyers. I love that process. You know, that's what I'm passionate about. So if I can still help clients, you know, put a smile on their face when they, you know, buy their first home or when they, you know, sell a home and move up or, or I'm there for them, unfortunately, when somebody passes away and they need to sell a home, then I'm there. If they need a, that hug, I'm going to be there to give them that hug. You know, I kind of like that, that all you know, warm and fuzzy, I guess you could call it. Yeah. feeling so you know for me it's having the stability about around me as well so i'm very consistent but my team is very consistent and you know my assistant is is on the board she knows exactly what has to get done all the time and a lot of the time you know people will will say oh i like that post on social media that you had and i'll be like oh we post something on social media because she just handles it like you know i'm like here you just deal with it i don't like that stuff i don't want to deal with that stuff um, i'm good at the other stuff let me focus on that you like what you do, don't you, Sean? It, com it. it comes across and, and it's not like you're doing it, you know, sure. I mean, there's some, some rewards in this business. Um, there isn't a glass ceiling, for example. Um, but I don't believe that's your primary driver. Oh, no, not at all. I no, think you actually like what you do. This is something that is, and that seems to be, I mean, there's some a small select few are really driven by that production dollar. But generally, when I'm seeing people who are really operating at a higher level um, in terms of the business, they really like it. They like the process of it. It's not about the end transaction. They like the day-to-day -day grind, for lack of a better word. And it is a grind. And I think anybody out there, it's very easy. And I have to put myself in a different position sometimes because, yes, like you said, you know, the, the, the money is great. Um, the end result is fantastic. Um, and sometimes, you know, I sit there and I say to people, I go, why are you doing that if you don't like it? Go do something that you like and figure out what you're, what you enjoy. And, and I keep saying that and stressing that to my kids. I'm like, guys, go and find something to do for a career. And one's 17 and one is 19 that you love to do. You know, my wife is passionate about teaching. You know, she's a vice principal now. Uh, she misses the, you know, day to day teaching of the kids, but she can, she makes sure that she knows almost all the kids' names. She's learned everything about them all. She walks around the school constantly. So she's still getting that. And I say to my kids, same thing. I'm like, guys, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do? You know, what do you love? And at 17 and 19, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm sure you didn't know what you wanted to do. And most people don't. Um, but I think if you don't like what you're going to do, then go find something that you like to do. I always knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't have the courage to do it. There you go. And was that doing real estate? Um... It was part of it for sure. Um, what I'm doing now in terms of what we do with peak results and yeah. the stuff in the back end, uh, I knew at a younger age, but I definitely didn't have the self-confidence um, self or the self-image to do the activity necessary to do it. Right. Yeah. That was, that was an emotional problem. It was a maturity problem. But I think that's a lot of people. I think a lot of people, they don't know, right? They don't, they really don't know what their passion is and what they love to do. And uh, I think that a job is a job. You're going to be at a job more than you're ever home. You're going to be working for, you know, 30, 
40 years of your life, some people even longer. If you don't like it, then it's just going to be one of those drags that you wake up in the morning and go, why am I waking up? Let me hit the snooze button. I never hit the snooze button. That's awesome. I, my, that, my day, my alarm goes off and I'm up and I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, let's attack this day. I don't want to put it on hold by hitting snooze. No, no, no. I want to just start the day. Let's go. This is going to be exciting. This is going to be fun. It's awesome. It's great advice. And everything that you've shared with me today and in our audience, I think if they just implement just a few key things in their business, what, first of all, they got to make a decision if they really want to be in the business of real estate. Like there's the wish, want, hope, granite really sounds sexy. And wow, look at all those videos. I love to be part of that. I love to be the center of attention. But the truth is, that's not the business. You better like relationships. You better like people. And um, the advice that you've given our audience today, if they implement it, they'll have great success. That's pretty uncommon. Unfortunately, maybe 2% will. Yeah, the numbers are staggering. And I'd love to go back to when I took my courses and figure out who is still around in the business um, since then. And I'm sure it would be a small, small handful. Last piece of advice that you could give someone today to go and perform, what would you tell them? Go into it with a plan. Go into it um, with a plan and, and stay focused on that plan. I, I think that the biggest thing that people do is they get off on all these little tangents. And I, I think the most important thing, like you said, is, is building those relationships and being in front of people and talking to people. And you don't have to do something that is going to set the world on fire right away or reinvent the wheel. This is a business that's been around for a very, very long time. And I think consistency is key. Um, and what I always say to the team is, you know, learn from the past, uh, live in the present and plan for the future. And I think the only way that you can do that is just by being consistent and making sure that everything along the way is, uh, is going the way that you want it to happen. And you will have some bumps in the road, but if you attack those bumps the right way, then you're going to be just fine. I'm going to take those three little concepts, learn from the past, live in the present, plan for the future. Love it. There you go. Not yours. It is. <laughs> I love it. That was fantastic. Well, Sean, I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate you giving back to the community. And then there's other people that are in different industries that are listening. And um, they can learn a lot from our industry. And so I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for serving so many people. And thank you for serving our community today. Oh, my pleasure, Rich. Thanks for having me. And uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. And if someone wanted to reach out to you today, how, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can go onto our website, teamsold.com, uh, or they can just email me at sean at teamsold.com, and Sean is S-H-A-W-N. And Team Zold is with a, uh, Zold is with a Z. Zold is with a Z. Yes, it is. A little bit different. Uh, you know, don't get sold, get Zold. There's the motto. I love it. Thanks again, Sean. Really appreciate you. Thanks a lot, Rich. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? 
And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. We'll chat soon.